Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. One man's trash is another man's what? Hey, let me say something to you. You only have to be in Chillicothe or Kingston during community yard sale day and see the absolute truth of that statement. Am I right? You guys ever been in Kingston or Chillicothe when it's community yard sale day? Anybody ever seen that? Oh, man, and it's like, it's like sometimes it's like they opened up the gates to like when, when they're, they're selling a new iPhone or something. People are scrapping at the tables and trying to pull up into that one yard with all that nice stuff. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to get rid of their stuff. But if you want to take it to another level, until a coffee, wait till the community yard sale is over and large item pickup starts. That's a whole nother realm of, of truth to that thing. I'm just telling you right now. Like one day, when it started in our neighborhood, that my, me and my kids were out in our front yard, and, and we just lost a dryer. It went down. We had to buy a new one. We had a dryer sitting in the, in the, uh, in the garage, and they, they don't want you setting those things out for big item pickup appliances. So this guy comes pulling down our road just scavenging, and he has this pickup truck that is completely full. I don't even mound in the pickup truck. He's pulling a trailer behind it. It's mounded up and strapped down, and I, he, he kind of pulls by real slow, and the boys now are throwing a ball or doing something. I'm like, hey, bro, you want a dryer? Is it made out of metal? Pretty much. Okay, let me look at it. So we run back to my garage, we look at it, and it takes, it takes both of us to go. And heave it up on top of the trailer, on the, the mountain trailer. He takes some ratcheted tie down. He straps that bad boy down as hard as he can strap it down. A few days later, I was at a, I was at a house with some, some friends of mine, and it happened to be a bit large item pickup in their neighborhood that week. And the kids thought it was treasure hunt day. And they went running. They'll remain nameless. They went running through the neighborhood, grabbing up stuff. And before you know it, parents were like, you're not keeping it here. That's not staying here. I don't know what you're thinking. And it was also it was a big deal. And one of them ran off mad and angry. And the other kids were like, we'll take it back. And I mean, it was just it, one man's trash can be another dude's treasure for real. Like, I've seen it, like, recently. It's like, wow. But I got to ask you a question. What, what if, what if uh, God says, uh, how we treat treasures trash. What if what if what God says about us, uh, how we treat what's real treasure is trash? What if He says that? What 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 if He says what we treasure is trash? What if because of how we treasure what we treasure, we're treating God's plan and His word as if it were trash? Just let those, let, those, let those thoughts sink in for a minute. Because we've been talking about we can survive or thrive, and the idea behind it is we have to set margin in our life. Last week we talked about time and how we have to set margin so God has space to move in our lives. We're going to talk about your treasure this morning. Acts 17, 26 through 28, this has been our theme verses from the very get-go. I'm going to stay on them because I've learned something as a leader if I say something enough, you really get it. It says, from one man, he created all, th- all the nations throughout the whole earth. 
God did. From one man, he, God. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. God set certain margin for the human race, and his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. And I love this piece. Though he is not far from any of us. And I love this next part too. For in him we live. For in him we move. And it's in him we exist. I love another translation that says in him, it's in him we have our being. The context of those words, to add context, we're going to put some bookends in it. So we're going to drop back to verses 24 and 25. I'll read those to you. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Now listen to these words. He doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has none. He himself gives, that's a big word in what we're going to talk about today, life and breath to everything. And listen to these words. He satisfies every need. That's the big God that we serve. He has certain things he, he, he treasures. One of them is, is, is the human race. Another one is the human race that's willing to see, see the rest of, this, of the human race's treasure and set their life in certain margins accordingly to ensure that his purpose is fulfilled, that they would seek and find him because he's not far from any one of us. Now listen to this. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God. This is verse 29. This is the other book, you know, on the other end of that passage we've been reading. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. See, I, I, would, I, would, I would offer you today, when we don't set certain boundaries, things like gold and silver and stone get in the way of our worship of God. And we lose sight of the fact that everything around us is his already. The breath we just, it's your breath. In our lungs, right? Even the breath we have in our lungs right now belongs to him. He's the one who gave it. Anything that I have in, in, in material-wise on this planet belongs to him. I just merely get to steward it. I, I have a marriage I have the privilege of stewarding. I have, friendship, I have relationships with kids. All three of these are mine. One's biological, one's an adoptive daughter here, and this is a, a, a married son-in-law of mine. And, and, and I love every one of them, but I, 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 I need to steward those. They, they are not mine. I have a house. I have vehicles. I have tools. I have all sorts of things. And God expects me to set margins with my life so he can use those things the way he wants to use them. Margin is this. An amount allowed or available beyond what is actually necessary. And I would say this to everyone else here. If I were to show a hands, how many of you right now are stressed about finances? I bet there would be a hunk of us who would go, yep, yep, or, yeah. Probably because you're not setting the right kind of margin in your life for God to do what he wants to do. Now, there can be catastrophes. There are things that go on. I get that. But, but I think at times, and hey, let me say this, this is not, I'll get to that in a minute. Margin, uh, an amount allowed or available on what is actually necessary. So we've been doing this for a few weeks, and I think it's working good, and I don't want you to get lackadaisical or, or lazy on me, so I'm going to ask you to stand up with me. I want you to read a piece of scripture. Because we're not really talking about, we're not really talking about your wallet or your purse what we're really talking about is this commodity right here in the middle of your chest. I'm going to say this today. The thriving life 
you have to create margin with your treasure so God can create treasure with your margin. You have to create margin with your treasure so that God can create treasure with your margin. That's an issue of your heart. So let's go to Matthew 21, wherever that is. I don't know even where you guys have it on that slide anymore. It's cool. Matthew 6, 21, I want you guys to read this out loud, and I want, I want you to, 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 to let, let these words sink in as you say them. Now look at your neighbor and slap him high five and say, he's talking to me. Now turn around to the other neighbor and say the same thing. Have you got one on both sides of you? Hit him up. All right? The margins, you can sit down, margins are more about cultivating a heart focus than anything else. Are you hearing me? When we're talking about the margin of your life, I'm not necessarily talking about the hard standards, although you, I think you need some parameters at times. We're talking about the, 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 the space in your heart that you're giving God. We're talking about your heart focus. And right here, Jesus is speaking, Matthew 6, 21. He's talking about, if you read this in context, you will find that he's talking very much about how man cannot serve God and money at the same time. And Mr. Steve, if you read down a little further... About verse 34, it says these words, take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry of itself. I'm just telling you, my brother. Huh? He confessed this morning he's having a hard time staying locked in on today. And in context, right where we're reading from, he, God's saying, listen, I got tomorrow. Because most of you are already here thinking about bills you have to pay this week or things you got to get done. Where's the money going to come from? What's going to go on? And how are we going to do that? And, we're gonna, and everything's going crazy. And God's like, listen, just let me have your heart. We'll figure out the rest on the way. Are you hearing me? Margins are more about cultivating a heart focus than anything else. If you're going to thrive in life, you've got to create margin with your treasure. So God can create treasure with your margin. See, what happened, what Christian just described a minute ago, is God let it, let, is, is Christian allowing the treasure of his heart to be exposed to a guy he didn't want to expose it to. And in turn, God took the treasure of another guy and blessed Christian with it. Do you get that? Both Jeff and his stepdad, his stepdad right? That, that's the beauty of it. There's, if there was any space for them to, to, to listen or to respond, or if they didn't give God the opportunity, didn't create a space for God to do something in their life, that, that situation never happens, and a, and a mission trip never gets funded. Do you get what I'm saying? And so God intends for our treasure to have impact. Now, listen to Psalm 24, 1 through 6, these words. This sounds very much like Acts 17, 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Okay? Again, it said, said if I, everything that we can put our hands on, everything we can see, everything we can touch, all the people around us, they are God's people, right? They are, th- th- these, these are God's things. He, he, they are his. They belong to him. And he's saying, listen, there's certain things you do. He says, for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. So right now, that's saying to us, God set certain margins for how things operate. Do you get that? The next thing says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Verse 4, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They'll receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship you in in your presence, O God of Jacob. 
And there's a, there's a, a, a Hebrew term there. We, use, we translate it interlude in this translation. It's, just, it's, it's, it's like a poetic term, and it means take a big deep breath before we move on and just think about what God did. Your treasure is, there were the desires of your heart be. And, and we talked about time last week. We're talking about your finances and, and the physical things God's given you, the things you can touch. And I will tell you right now, I can, all, I th- all I need is two things from your house, and I can tell where your heart is. All I need to do is look at your calendar and look at your checkbook, and I can tell you real quick what things matter to you. It's true. I can tell you right quick. I can tell you that, 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 that this is about treasure. So the first thing we have to see, we put Psalm 24, 1 through 6, is this. God created everything. End of discussion. It is his. He created everything. Number two, there is a high place toward which God intends us to move. See, here's the thing. Most of us are living, a lot of us are living down here. We're in survival mode. We are just trying to make it. You know what's sad about that to me? How many of you, how many of you own, how many, how many people own a car here right now? Like, like right now, you drove here in a car that you own or your name's on the title or whatever. Let me see. How many, how many, how many of you have something like that? Congratulations. You are wealthier than, than 98% of the world's population. Ninety-eight percent of people walking planet Earth right now have less than you have. And I know the marketing campaigns of our 21st century culture in Western America would make you feel otherwise, but you've been complaining about what you do have and what you don't have, and what, you, what was honestly the case is you're in a really good spot. Because you, you've, we, we give in to the marketing that plagues our lives and the commercials and what Wall Street and Washington and Hollywood and all those people say when the fact of the matter is God's, you guys just testified that God's blessing is on your life materially right now. How many of you guys have a refrigerator in your home right now? Congratulations. You're, you're, you, you have more than 90% of the world's population. How many of you have, sleep on a pillow? You're wealthier than 60% of the world's population. How many of you have a pair of shoes? You're, you're wealthier than 50% of the world's population, Derek. <laughs> Julio. Steve. Huh? Just follow, just follow these Facebook stuff. Man got shoes coming out his ears, man. Got shoes coming out his ears. And the reason I say that is because I want you to realize you are, you are already walking in the blessing of God, and you complain, and you moan, and you think you don't have stuff, and you're listening to the wrong voices. You're listening to the wrong things. The people at work don't understand what, what, what blessing is. They don't get what prosperity is. They do not understand what it looks like to be healthy both emotionally and physically and spiritually. And you guys not only have that, you have a little you have some you have you you have resources that most of the world's population do not have. Are you hearing me? Those who live, another thing I see in, in Psalm 24, 1 through 6 is those who live with margin get to go on the journey to that high place God has for them. 
Those who, because they, they have clean hands, they have pure hearts, they, they won't worship idols, and they won't, they won't live a life of falsehood, they don't speak lies, they live authentically. And that means that that person sets certain margins on their life. I will not go certain places. I will not think certain thoughts. I will, I will not do what everybody else is doing. I will not worship things that aren't God. And some of us worship relationships, and some of us worship cars, and some of us worship houses, some of us worship our job, some of us worship different things. And, and, and here's the thing. The reason you don't feel like blessing is on your life is probably because you haven't set the right margin and you're not seeing things clearly. Another thing I see in this scripture is in verse five, it says they will receive the Lord's blessing. You know how I translate that? Their lives strive because God's blessings on it. The last thing I see is their, their worship is legitimate. You know why? Because they set certain margins on their life. They have space. They have space to make this a reality right here. Whether it's their time, whether it's their money, they live their life as if God really owns it. They live like their relationships belong to God. They, they live like that. And I'm trying to learn to do that. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. And, I, and, I, and I'm kind of, you know. To thrive in life, you've got you've to create margin with your treasure. What do you treasure the most? Set margins on it. Set parameters on it and see what God wants to do with it. He'll create treasure through your margin. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10. We're going to read down through a big piece of Scripture and, and kind, of, kind of pull some things out of it. He says, Paul says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That is biblical definition of prosperity and blessing, of not being in survival mode, but being able to thrive. That right there is it. That you have enough because the Bible says with him there's no need, there's no lack, right? And we just read that in Acts 17. And right here he's like, listen, if, if you live this way, you'll you have plenty of leftover to share with others. And that's God's heart anyway. God never gave you anything just merely for you to just consume upon yourself. Can't find it any place. Verse 9 says, As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and the bread to eat it. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So now we've kind of looked at the, new, we've looked at the Old Testament. We've looked at the New Testament twice now, three times. Let's talk about how you let God win the margin battle for your treasure. One thing I see in this piece of Scripture, around verse 7, God tells us to be purposeful with God's supply. Do you catch this? You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and you don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Let me say this to you. I, I, I'm so glad I get to say this. If, if some of you some of you think, maybe think Aaron's that same guy that's on TV or something. He's going to talk to you about how much you should give and what you shouldn't and all that sort of stuff because we, we got to, can I, 
Can I, can, I, can I encourage you about something about Church Triumphant right now? About six or eight months ago, I had to make an honest confession that we'd made some bad decisions and had to do some things differently, and then we had to, we had to, 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 to sort out some things financially. This message is not about Church Triumphant being in a, in a funky place financially. I'm, I'm speaking this today because it's good for you. Because I want, I want you to throw Because here's, here's what I can tell you right now. We, after all that happened at the end of last year, we set a, a new budget, and we, we, we set projections for um, what, what we thought we'd spend, and we set projections for what we thought we'd come in based on our, our last three or four years of, of, of income. Several of you helped us work on that. Right now, today, our spending is down from our projection, and our giving is up. You know why Bug's house has a door on the garage? Because you guys have been doing work. The staff that we honored a little bit here, they're doing a great work of just being absolutely frugal and doing what they have to do to make things work. And our spending's down, and our giving is up, and we're, 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 we're in a really good spot. So this is not about you feeling bad, like I'm going to come up in a minute and give, take another offering because I'm not. has nothing, has nothing to do with that. Zero zilch, nada. It has everything to do, according to Matthew 21, with what's going on in here. That's what it has to do with. And, and, and if, you, if, if physical treasure's your problem, then maybe that's what it'll, maybe, maybe your treasure's not the problem. Maybe it's your time that's your treasure that you have a hard time letting loose of. Maybe it's your energy or your, your uh, influence or some other thing that's you're really the thing you treasure, and you're trying to hang on to it and do what you want to with it. And, and God's like, well, hang on just a minute. Let me have that thing. I can do something awesome with it. And so I would say this, the very first thing in giving God margin is you have to be purposeful. You can't, you can't, you can't set margins because some slick TV preacher made you feel bad. Or some, some, somebody threw a piece of video up with a, with a kid with a swelled up belly, and all of a sudden you start feeling horrible about all the blessing you have in your life. Because that, 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 that's not the heart of it. The heart of God is this, God, I wake up every morning, and I, I pick up my cross daily, and I say, God, what do you want from my life today? And I'm not waiting for somebody to make a petition to me. I'm saying, God, put a door, you show me an opportunity, I'll walk through it. I've purposed that in my heart already. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be purposeful. With God's supply, whether it's the breath in your lungs, whether it's the relationships in your life, whether it's the giftings, but especially, according to this piece of Scripture, what you're doing with, 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 with material wealth, right? That's what he's saying. Be purposeful with it. Don't let somebody talk you into something, and don't give reluctantly. If you have an opportunity to give, he's like, be generous. Freely do it. You get a chance. You've got more than you need, maybe. Give some away. Are you hearing me? The next thing I see is he says, be proportionate. And you guys have a hard time uh, maybe catching that, but out of what God has supplied. Listen to these words from verse 10, the first part of verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. The seed is the thing that gets sown, that gets given away, and bread to eat. Okay? Two different segments of the same thing. He would use the same, the farmer would use the part of it to sow into the, to the next realm of life. He would eat part of what he took in. Do you guys get that? He would consume the other stuff that came in. Are you with me? You get what I'm saying? Here's what I'm going to say to you. Be proportionate. We can get anxious and uptight about who's tithing and who's not tithing. Here's what I'd say to you. You should purpose in your heart already 
a certain amount of what God's given you before I, we ever walk in the door, you should start somewhere and say, God, that's yours. Why? Because it's all his anyway, and he just blessed you with a portion of it. Some of you might be at 10%. Well, that's great. But some of you haven't even started yet. So maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's 20 bucks a paycheck. Why? Because it's a matter of your heart. You're, you're, you're unleashing your heart from the things that are here so that you can concentrate on the things that are eternal, is what the Scriptures tell us. And God asks us to do that. You can read clear through the Scripture. That there's this purposeful idea that part of what God's given me goes back to Him. Are you hearing me? And I'm going to get ate up and become legalistic and pharisaical about what the mound is right now. I don't even care about that. I just want you to start somewhere. Are you hearing me? That you would willingly look at your schedule. You willingly look at your, 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 your finances. You willingly look at, at your relationships. You willingly look at how much of the gift sets you have, the things, the things that, you, 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 that God gave you that make you productive in life, and how much of that are you purposely and, and proportionally giving back to him for his use. It is about money to an extent, but it's not just about money. If that's all that you hear coming out of my voice, you're missing the point at all. Because here's the thing, it's all his anyway. I, 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 be proportionate out of what God said. Number two, number three, be progressive in your level of giving. So here we say, be, be purposeful, be proportionate, be progressive. And that's the last half of verse 10. In the same way, it says, he will provide, those these words, and increase your resources. Is that cool? You give something back to him, he makes more of what you gave him. Listen to what it says next. And a great harvest of generosity in you. What he intends is that, that as he supplies more to you, you, supply, you, you progressively give away more of your life, of your time, of your energy, of your money, of your relationships. You give in to them, and you're not worried about what you get out of them. You just, you're just doing what God said to do. And all of a sudden, there's just more than what you, and you're like, wow, what is, what is this? What, what's happening? And that's why some of, you, some of you are anxious about somebody else who's not tithing. I'm going I'm to I'm step on some toes. Give me some out here. I'll step on them, right? Some of you are anxious about whether somebody else is tithing or not. And the, and the proportion of your heart hasn't gotten progressive anymore in the last 20 years. If we look back at how much of your life you're giving back to God, it's probably just like this plateaued. There's no increase in it. You know what I'd say? The Bible says we should be, 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 be being changed from glory to glory. So if you're going to you know, suit up that pharisaical, legalistic, then, then, then you better apply this piece of Scripture too, right? And not, get, not be down on somebody else because they're, they're not giving what I'm giving. As I recall, there was this passage of Scripture where Jesus, they're giving money into Jesus' offering plate. You remember that? And this old lady walks up, and she's got two pennies. And she drops it in there, and Jesus stops the parade. He goes, this lady here has given more than everybody else. And the disciples are like, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus. She just put two pennies in the thing. And he's like, so? You don't understand. She gave all that she had. The rest of you just gave what you could, just what loose change was in your pocket. She's given more than all the rest. So before you start like trying to trying to, to trying to get somebody to measure up somewhere, you you would 
you better start going that way too. Up the ante a little bit. Because if I read 2 Corinthians 9 correctly, there's this idea that God's going to increase your resources, and thereby he wants to produce a greater harvest of generosity out of you. You know why some of you are in a survival mode? Because you got a promotion, and then you decided you'd increase your living style, and so you got into more debt. Oh, I just did it, didn't I? I just did it. I went there. Because what you have is not enough. And the Bible says we, wherever, even if we have food and clothing, we should be content. And you're not. And so you got the promotion and you spin it immediately. And now you're in debt up to your ears and you're wondering how you're going to make ends meet when you, are, you have more resources than 98% of the world's population. And you complain and you, about what you, what, you, what you do have and it's not working right. And you complain about what you don't have because you're watching some stupid commercial and, and, and whatever. I don't even know what shows are on anymore. Some stupid reality show with the Cardassians or somebody like that. I don't even know why you'd watch that. That's stupid, by the way. And, uh, you know, and you think you're missing out on life somehow and God's grace is on you. And you're eating up what God's given to you, and he intends to give you more. Why? Not so you can have more, so his name will be glorified and other people's lives will change. That's why. Oh, boy. Aaron's messing it up today, man. Sorry about your Sunday afternoon dinner. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry about it at all. Because it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm going to sleep good this afternoon. I'm wore out. And I'm sweating. I'm never going to apologize for sharing the truth. I just won't. I want you to thrive in life. I want you to be everything God wants you to be. And so that requires you to set certain margins and change certain lifestyles and not give in to the pressure. The Bible says in Romans 12.1, this is all free. This is not, I'm going to throw my iPod across the room. Romans 12.1, it says this, that, we should, that we, should, we should present ourselves as living sacrifices. This is our worship to God. And that we should no longer be conformed to what everybody else is thinking, everybody else is doing, what everything's going on in the Word. We should be transformed because we've renewed our mind with the Scriptures of God. Of, 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 from God's heart, God's word to us. And guess what? As long as we keep eating it up, we're never going to have what we need. We're never going to be the blessing on the earth we need to be. People were shocked. They come over to Rachel and I's house. We moved to town seven and a half years ago, and we went into a smaller place with four kids. Both of our daughters, until they were adults, slept in the same room. Both of our sons right now today sleep in the same room. And somehow, some of you think that's awful. When I've been in places in Mexico where the whole family sleeps in some kind of shanty on a, on a, on a, on a, on a dirt floor. My kids don't lack for anything. Huh? Because we wanted to set certain margins. And the bank tried to tell us, you can get a loan for this house for this amount of money. It was like twice what we wanted to put, our, put into our budget. Why? Because we wanted to follow these words. We wanted God to be glorified in every aspect of our life, not just the Sunday morning version. And, and we want God to have access to any piece of our lives that he wants. And if we're going to do that, we have to set certain margins. And my heart grieves. You know why? Because 58,000 people within like a 25-mile square radius of this place right now claim they have no religious affiliation, and we're worried about how big our next yard's going to be that we're going to get to mow and landscape. Does that even mess with your heart at all? 
74% of the people, three out of four people you will run in today at whatever place you eat in on, uh, 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 on Bridge Street this afternoon will, will claim no spiritual affiliation. What so stinking ever? And God tells us, I'm not going to read it to you. Look, look, look. this is a guy who is, I haven't been asleep since 1.30 this morning. And I worked hard yesterday. My wife was worried I was sunburnt bad. But I, this, feels, this feels right right now. I'll just tell you. I've been nauseous since, since about 3 o'clock. But something feels good right now. When you give God your margin financially, it gives others the opportunity to have his blessing and give him glory. Can you imagine right now if every one of us in our room suddenly had a little bit extra space in our finances that when God said, hey, do this, you could do it. When God said, hey, 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 ex-stepdad, write a $1,000 check to your ex-stepson, that you'd just be able to do that? Can you imagine if, if, if right now, like your neighbor was in desperate need of something, and, and all of a sudden God's like, hey, I want you to just go take care of that for them. And they don't know Jesus, and they, don't know, they, they live this craziest lifestyle you've ever seen. And, they, and they're, they're messed up and tore up, but you know they have a need, and you, you, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen next. You can just go, you know what? I'm going to take care of that. Because in, in those places, that, that's, where, that's where God's blessing thrives. Imagine if all of us live with margin, especially financially, that God could change the community around us and give the opportunity for the gospel because of the generosity we are all exhibiting. Imagine that. Because if we're going to thrive, we've got to create margin with our treasure so God can create treasure with our margin. See, God's treasure is lost people coming home. And whether you like it or not, he entrusted his church to do the work of making that happen. And that requires us to do certain things, live certain ways, and make certain resources available so that can happen. Serve day doesn't happen unless people are given to certain churches who can resource the events that happened yesterday. Do you understand that? And my wife and I were talking last night. Like she, she was a little bit concerned about where she was serving and didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. But I said, babe, you've got to think about the critical mass. When somebody's driving through Chillicothe and they see black and white shirts and somebody's picking up trash and it says, love your city, and they're picking it up. They're like, what's that about? Then they drive down to, to, to touch a truck and they're handing out lemonade and stuff to people for free and they've got T-shirts on. And then somebody's walking down and prayer walking through downtown and they got freezer pops and they happen into, from what I understand, something that looked like a pride parade and they start handing out freezer pops. And then all of a sudden, somebody's in town, and they're driving out, and they say, hey, that, uh, that uh, car show thing's out there at Zane Trace. And they pull into the far eastern parking lot, and they see a bunch of black shirts with Love Our City on them, and people are out there hoisting mulch everywhere, and they're like, what in the world is going on? And then somehow, some weird way, they end up back in Poland Park at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And there's people dishing out free pizza and hanging out with people in the park. They're like, and they got those same stinking black teeth. Where did this army come from? What? No. And they're doing this for free. They're not asking. I don't even know what church it is. They don't even say the name of a church on the t-shirt. I don't even know where. What is, what is going on? And if we just barely got 50. 50 people to start thinking about Jesus. At least we're dwindling down to 58,000. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Man, I'm messed up, aren't I? So let me ask you this question. Where you, I'm going to make a statement. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So, so let me you've you got to give margin to your treasure. And I can't tell you what your treasure is. You've got to figure that out for yourself. But I want you to do something. You need to rethink it. Rethink your treasure, how you're utilizing it, what you're doing with it, where it's going. I need you to realign. I need you to think about what God says about things. And I need you to purposely start realigning your life. Your th- See, you've got to think first. Then you've got to rethink. Okay, So you've got to think through, okay, what I'm assessing. Now I've got to realign my thoughts according to God's thoughts. You've got to readjust. Here's the next piece of the puzzle. You have to readjust. You've got to rethink Realign your thoughts to God's thoughts, and then you readjust. That means you, you, you change your living arrangements. You, 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 you make sure that you're reoccurring giving on the church tea app because you want to make sure God gets his first. You, you write the check first, whatever it is. You, you realign, like, okay, that's not what I, I'm not doing that that way anymore. I'm actually doing it differently. Then you find, you find out at that point, you find out you're really living. So here's the thing. I love you all. And one of my greatest joys over the last three or four or five months has been that I get to see how God's dealing with you because we've, we've been asking you to fill out connection cards. And I get such joy taking my normal prayer walk and having my phone open and reading down and I see names and it says things like this. I, in the moment, and keep quit wishing my life away. That was literally on a on a prayer on a prayer card last week. Some of you have lists of names of people who need some kind of healing or some kind of help, and I get to get to pray for them, and I get to sense that that, that some of you are like, I, I I need to rearrange my time. I'm missing time with my kids, and you've asked people to pray about that, and and you know what? I, this is not just some religious exercise. Christian said a minute ago something about community. This is one of the avenues we create community. So what do I want you to do? I want you to get out your, your church T app if you're using a phone or an iPad or something and click in there to that connection card and start to, start to put your name in there and get to the point where it says, what can we pray about or what next steps you need to take and actually fill that piece out. If you don't have a connection, don't have the t- church T app, I hate it for you because we're sending stuff out all the time. You're missing like messages on audio and halftime talks, little nudges about different outreach things that are going on or opportunities to do something, but, you know, that's up to you. If you don't have an app, grab the connection card in the pew right there. Put your little name on there. Think about right now where your treasure is. Think about the margins you're setting for it. Let's talk for a minute. Jay, unless you're filling out a card, don't, you know, just you stay stay in the the loop, whatever God's doing with you. But if you want to come play a song, that'd be great. I'm going to ask you some questions. Is there any real purpose in how you use money? I want to talk about proportionate. I might have weirded some of you out a little bit, but there's this thing called a budget. You should have one. And that means you proportionally set out certain things about how your money is going to be spent. You spend some on, you spend some on, on, on housing and some on food and some on your car bills and repairs and some on, uh, you know, entertainment and some. And then you set some aside for giving and, and tithing and stuff like that. And, and, but some of, 
I'm, I'm amazed how many people don't ever do that. Like your money's gone before you ever, before you, it's barely in your pocket. You barely get the paycheck and whew, it's gone. What, is there any purpose? I mean, I asked that question. Think about right now, is there any purpose to how I spend money, how I use the resources? Is there any purpose to it? And if there's not, why not? Let me ask you a question. What portion of your resources do you regularly allow to be used for God's glory and the benefit of other people? And I'll say this, because God's glory is the benefit of other people. What, what portion of it? What portion of your time? What portion of your money? What portion of your... Do you, do you allow God's space to utilize? And once you've kind of processed those two, I want you to think about this. What's one step you can take to be more progressive in generosity, giving of your time, giving of your money, giving of your, your, your gift set? You can, you know... I know one guy in this room gave a little more than he anticipated yesterday. He's missing a little bit of flesh on a couple fingers. Because he was working and serving. Huh? Spent some time at the urgent care with him last night. Thanking him for, you know, we, 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 we funny, funny we, we, in, in a little punny way, I said, some... Some gave all, all gave, and it's all gave some, some gave all. Like you left it all on the field, man. It's still laying there in that garage. You know? But what's one step you can do right now this week? What's one step you can take? For some of you, it might be, you know what? The first thing I'm going to do, whatever my, my, my regular pay thing is, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give X amount of dollars. I'm not even thinking about percentages right now. I'm thinking about I'm gonna, every time I get paid, I'm giving a 20. Every time I get paid, I'm giving this. Every time, and I'm just going to start there. I'm going to start doing something. Some of you need, need to start like today before Monday starts. You need to think about your week and find out what portion of your week you're giving back to God. And I'm not talking about Sunday morning. I'm talking about use for outside these walls. I'm talking about your neighbors, your, your, the people around you. What's one step can, you can be more, more, more progressive? Final question. Is your heart to have more? Or is it to be generous? Down deep inside, what really makes you tick is it because it's a, it's a heart issue, right? It's a, it's a focus of your heart. It's, the real answer to the question is I just want more. Whereas as a follower of Jesus, I want to give more away. I want to give more of my life back to God. I want, I want my life to not just be status quo and like every other American around me. I want to live in significance in the things of the kingdom. I want what I do to matter in the scope of eternity. I don't want things to be blown up or going away. We're going to play a song, and I want you to, I want you to write in those connection cards, and I want you to Maybe you and your spouse need to have a conversation about something with your finances or something with your time or whatever. And then we're going to end service. Father, speak to your, your kids. God, thank you, God, that, that, that they are looking for your heart and they're seeking out your plan and your purpose. And they want, Lord Jesus, for you to be glorified and honored. And, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that today, today, Lord, they'd find another way to give themselves back to you. We love you and we trust you.
In your name we pray. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.